0: Unique, yet common-sense opinions on sports, this is Jeff Allen's Sports Talk.
1: On this week's episode, it's an emergency pod. As my media spotlight guys, Adam Eaton and Eric Lopez, join me with the news of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman leaving Fox to go to ESPN's Monday Night Football, a big change in the media landscape. Eric and Adam are standing by in the virtual green room and will join me to talk about that in just a moment. And, uh, well, Tom Brady is back already. So his retirement lasting, I've had naps that lasted longer than his retirement of, uh, what, 40 days, something along that line, as he's decided, yeah, spending all that time with the family ain't so hot. I'm going back to the football field. So the Bucks welcome him back with open arms and, Well, at least Tom Brady waited until the brackets were revealed (laughs) before dropping the bombshell and stealing all the headlines. Wasn't very long after, though. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, everybody's turned upside down with that news. And uh, of course, March Madness, my time of year, I didn't break away to watch the Tom Brady story. I continued watching uh, preview stuff on the brackets. And uh, I'll do some uh, March Madness uh, bracket stuff uh, as we go through the course of the NC double a tournament and of course uh i need something to lift my spirit because freddie freeman will not be back with the atlanta braves so it appears The braves have traded for oakland a's first baseman matt olson so that leads to one to believe that uh freddie is on his way elsewhere the dodgers the yankees they've long been in the uh, in the look but the but the surprising teams the blue jays and the Rays. So the Rays have recently spent some money and they might be looking to spend again the land Freddie Freeman. But uh, I think the Dodgers would be considered the front runners for his services. But uh, oh, it's still tough not to think of him wearing the uh, red, white, and blue of the Atlanta Braves. And his uh, last hit was a home run in the World Series. So, you know, we at least got great memories to go out on. <laughs> Yes, it's an emergency pod, as the news of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman leaving Fox to go to ESPN's Monday Night Football has rocked the broadcasting landscape, so I brought my guys, Eric Lopez, Adam Eaton, back to the show to discuss all that. Gentlemen, how you doing? I'm doing
2: well i've never been on an emergency podcast i don't know what am i supposed to talk more serious should we be more upbeat i don't i don't know what to do so you have have safety gear.
1: you know all that i I don't
2: have a helmet anywhere near
0: me but i'm ready to go (laughs) i i'm still in shock that we uh what you just said jeff i'm still trying to like is this real but Mm. it's real
1: yeah so let's get to it uh you know so you know eggman was certainly a, a pretty good possibility as all the talk has been and of course, the talk's been about Al Michaels and what, where he would go, but nobody had anything about Joe Buck. He has now entered the chat, so to speak. And uh, here you go. So uh, Joe Buck is gonna join Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football as they are trying to elevate that product. And there's a couple things that come to mind with me. Uh, first of all, is first, I guess Fox is not ready to spend Romo money two times over because Aikman was going to be asking for that, and I guess Buck was going to be asking for that. So I think that's part of the equation. And I will also say good on Fox for letting Joe Buck go early. I mean, he did uh, give them years of service. They could have, they could have hold held ground and uh, you know kind of stuck at ESPN if they wanted to. But uh, good on them for uh, for uh, you know giving Joe Buck the opportunity to. Uh, to do something different with his life. So uh, let's, uh, let's bat this around. Adam, fire away.
2: Yeah. So let's start with Aikman. I think you said it wasn't surprising he was moving on. And I agree with that. I think ESPN was a bit of a surprise because everything kind of had him directionally pointing towards Amazon, right? So I think it's curious to figure out, was that just a ploy to, to try to get ESPN to the table? Was ESPN just kind of letting that get out there and, and behind the scenes working with Aikman on something? I thought as much as we all suspected he would be on the move, I, I don't think ESPN was where we had him sort of landing, but uh, but good on him and his rep- representatives for figuring that out and ESPN keeping that quiet. So that wasn't a a shocker but as soon as he got there you started hearing the buck stuff and you said to yourself wait that's is not really going to work is joe buck the the face the voice of fox sports football and baseball their two highest properties he's done super bowls he's done world series he's done their 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 ill-fated golf coverage is he going to really leave fox and you didn't think it was real but then when you sit and You look at it. I mean, there are some advantages, I think, to the ESPN thing. One, uh, obviously, he'll get Monday night football and that schedule is supposed to improve. So there's flex scheduling coming in and new CBA. So maybe that makes some sense, too. He obviously knows Troy and there's familiarity there. I think you don't ruin a good thing. That's a good partnership. Maybe he didn't want to break in a new guy. Three, money doesn't hurt. 60 to 75 mil potentially on the contract. You can't bat an eye at that. Four, his wife works there as well. So maybe that's an interesting wrinkle is maybe there's, you know, there's some thought about, you know, finishing his career with, you know, with some family. And five, ESPN has some additional properties to offer him. They have this ESPN Plus platform. You know, is he going to start doing his own shows? Is the ill-fated Joe Buck show coming back? All apologies to Artie Lang. Is that coming back? (laughs) I could see a Joe and Michelle, his wife, podcast maybe at some point, or some sort of digital property. So, I gotta imagine when he, when he Joe looks at it, those enticements are are really there. And then you wonder just what else he can you know he can throw in that contract. You know maybe there's other things. Will there be other events he's gonna work? ESPN has more property. So initially, I was surprised too. You look at it, um, and I, I agree with you too as well, um, Jeff. Is I'm surprised Fox let him out. And that, that just makes you wonder, where, where are they heading? Do they have a, you know, a clear number two in both football and baseball? I think they do, but obviously they must think they do. So not, not overly surprised when I sat back and looked at it, but the first initial news was I didn't think it would happen. I didn't think Joe Buck would do that. I figured he'd flirt with ESPN, give it a good run, kick the can down the road, and then say, I'm a Fox guy, I'm staying at Fox. So something must be there to either tell him that he's got some opportunities he wasn't going to get at Fox.
0: Eric? It's a lot. It's um. I mean, I'm shocked. It's you don't see this often. Like I, you know, the only thing that's close to comparable is when Summer on Madden went to Fox. But the difference was CBS had just lost the NFL. Fox is not losing the NFL, and you would you could argue that Fox still has the better package than Monday Night Football. Uh, better time slot. That four twenty five Sunday slot's going to draw more viewers than Monday night, unless monday night football goes to abc which i know we'll probably get into that during this podcast the aikman thing is fascinating because this is all tony romo's fault or (laughs) all because of thanks to him because if romo doesn't get that big deal i don't know if any of this happens i think troy aikman and adam you're a cowboy fan so i'm curious your thoughts on this i think troy aikman it really bothered him That people like Tony Romo more than him as a broadcaster, and that he was making more money than he is, considering he is the superior quarterback. I think that played a role in his. I don't think it's an accident that he is now in the new contract. He's going to make more money than Tony Romo. I mean, do you buy – I think there's some – I don't know if it's professional jealousy. I don't know if they get along off – I'm sure they get along maybe off the field. But I think that played a role in the Aikman decision.
2: I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, these guys are ego driven, right? I can't imagine that Troy wants to sit there and see somebody making more money. And let's be fair. Troy's been at this thing 20 years. You know, Tony's coming in this game and all of a sudden the first year he was a one hit wonder. There's probably some sense of Troy saying, well, what about me? I've been here steady Eddie for all these years doing it at a high level. Romo comes in, calls a couple screen passes and all of a sudden everyone loved him. And so I could see Troy being a little bit upset about that and saying, hey, I'm going to I'm going to go make a splash. And, and clearly Monday Night Football was that splash. It makes more sense to me than Amazon did. I was curious about that move i know we talked about that last time so that makes way more sense to me now to look at and say hey maybe that was his opportunity to say you know what tony you're not the only guy with a star in his helmet all apologies to moose johnson by the way that can do that can can do this
0: broadcasting well i agree i think amazon's been played i think everybody's played (laughs) amazon like it's funny we've talked about al michaels to amazon as a foregone conclusion yet we haven't heard anything which I well, it's find funny.
2: Fa- yeah. Andrew Marshan Andrew said a couple weeks ago it was on the one yard line. I read a tweet earlier. It's now on the half yard line. So in three weeks that literally they had a penalty that moved half the distance to the goal <laughs> line apparently is where that thing went. So it is it is going at a caterpillar pace at this point.
0: It is so wild. And, you know, I read I saw where Aikman did a, a local interview in Dallas and he said he was expecting Fox to make a counter offer and that never came. You know, because he had re-signed before the year, but he had an opt-out where he can make, you know, there's more money. I mean, that's what this Amazon has created. It's created leverage for the broadcasters with this package. And, you know, I think Jimmy Bataro and ESPN's like, you know, we're tired of addressing our Monday night crew issues. We're tired of Jeff and 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 Adam and Eric talking about the Monday night football crew every time they do a podcast. Let's just boom, let's just go for the for the swing. And they get Aikman and i think the buck thing is obviously the most fascinating part here i think joe buck didn't want to work with a new analyst i think joe he's worked with troy for over 20 years they're best of friends uh you mentioned the wife michelle beiser who by the way announced it on instagram uh <laughs> that he was coming. she didn't hold back but the wife's there so he obviously knows the people at espn that's not a secret but i think he just didn't want to come in with a new analyst which Who knows who that would have been? Was it going to be a Greg Olson? Was it going to be a Michael Strahan? Is it going to be somebody from the outside? I don't know if Joe wanted to deal with that. You know, he kind of had to do that in baseball, if you remember, when Tim McCarver retired. They tried him with Harold Reynolds and Tom Berducci, and that just didn't work. They eventually got Smoltz, and that's worked out. I think Joe looked at it and was like, I just don't want to work with a new analyst. Troy's my guy. I've done everything I can do here at Fox oh, by the way, they're going to pay me more to work less. OK, let's sign me up.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and to speak to your point earlier, I think I think Monday Night Football will be back on ABC full time with it. With it has to be. Now. Has yeah, it has to be. Yeah, if they if they want to achieve their past or some semblance of their past glory, I think it's got to be on network television. And the fascinating thing to me is now granted ESPN will get more playoffs with the expanded uh, wild card round. So I pr- would presume Joe Buck would be part of that, but I find it strange that he would trade doing the world series for anything, to be honest with you. I think that's to me, the biggest surprise uh, given his love for baseball and obviously his family legacy there.
2: Well, clearly shows that he, he recognizes he's now a football announcer, right? He recognizes that's where he's going to, you know, continue to carve out his broadcast career because he can do, you know, Tuesday night or Thursday night baseball and ESPN wildcard games but it's not the World Series it doesn't have that same cachet so clearly it tells you that he sees that the future is to kind of make his name as in the football booth versus the baseball booth which is I guess a parallel commentary of how baseball is, is sort of become regionalized anyway right uh, maybe he sees that that coming maybe he recognizes I know we're gonna talk about all these streaming deals later on maybe he's just not comfortable how much Fox will really be in the baseball game going forward but I think Elo hit on the head you sit there and you do the list of like hmm, more money less work family family members, go with my, my guy, Troy, you know, maybe other side projects, other other passion projects, you start checking boxes and you're kind of like, what am I, I'm only saying to Fox because I used to be here at, at some point, you know, those scales of justice start tipping heavily in ESPN's favor. And that's where it makes to me a lot of sense. And I think that's where, you know, Joe clearly said, I love baseball. It's my thing, but this is how I'm going to continue to make my mark. I want to be more than a baseball announcer. I want to be more than a football announcer. And I think he's going to try to do some of those other projects on the side. I think that's probably the sweetener uh, on top of the deal whenever we see what that looks like.
0: Let me. I, I think a couple things on that. I, am I, you know, they're saying right now, and they might just stay the line for now. Oh, he's not involved in the ESPN, you know, baseball coverage. He's not going to be involved in Sunday night baseball. I think they're going to say that now because they're not. But as time goes on. I actually, Jeff, I'm not convinced. Maybe I'm in denial. I mean, when I heard about this news, I did just go ahead and put a loop of Joe Buck baseball World Series calls because Joe Buck, I think, he's my, is a phenomenal baseball play-by-play guy. Uh, he's won Emmy Awards. He's probably my favorite baseball play-by-play guy. Probably the best TV national guy in the last 20, 25 years. Uh, and in his fairness, he's been calling, what, every World Series since uh, 2000 when Fox took over exclusively. So he's kind of been there, done that. But... A part of me wonders with the ESPN expanded playoffs, which they'll have the entire wild card, but also they have the playoffs on ESPN radio is a part of me wondering if they're setting this up for him eventually to do the world series on the radio and kind of go full circle, you know, where he started with his dad was known for radio. Uh, I wonder if that could be in play. I know Dan showman has been the world series guy, but I, I brought this up a couple of few years ago. ESPN Radio kind of rotated the NBA Finals, where Mike Tirico would call the ra- the radio Finals, but he wouldn't do every game because he had golf obligations. So I'm wondering if they're maybe going to set something up down the road here where Buck and Schulman, let's say, split the World Series on the radio. I, I, just, I find it hard to believe that ESPN would not use an Emmy award-winning baseball broadcaster of the credentials of Joe Buck. Now, the counter to that is it's not like Joe Buck has been doing a heavy load of baseball games. He doesn't do that many regular season games, and he doesn't do the LDS uh, on Fox. So maybe he's kind of been there, done that. Uh, I still think he'll be involved in it, but I think they're going to say no because if they say yes, he is going to be part of the baseball package. Can you imagine the pressure on a Carl Ravage this year, which I think is going to exist. I think the scrutiny on Ravage and David Cohn and Eduardo Perez this year on Sunday night baseball just rose up because if they don't do it, if they don't gel, there's going to be people internally. They're going to call for Joe Buck and there's a guy they have that they've been obsessed with. We don't know why, but I think Alex Rodriguez would work with Joe Buck if he was offered that deal where he would work with Buck. So I think this baseball thing could get really interesting in the next year or two here, depending on how things go.
1: Uh, well, I, well, I hope we would be spared A-Rod with, with Joe Buck for, <laughs> at the very least. Maybe John Saltz would uh, get a call from Joe. Hey, come on over here. So wow, you, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> just
0: <before laughs> Complete yeah. the set. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. By the way, Buck is in the Hall of Fame both football and play baseball play by play. Like, maybe, and he has said you know in the past he wants to spend more time with the family. This is less travel if he's just doing Monday Night Football focus. The wife obviously is part of the Monday Night Football pregame show. So he might just decide you know what I've done. You know, let me settle down. I am interested to see though what to your point, Adam, what he's going to do on ESPN Plus because they mentioned he's going to be involved in some projects producing. That sounds like he's going to be producing some content there uh, to your
1: point. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, remember, Tom Brady retired to spend more time with his family, so we know how that worked out. Uh, So, of course, Amazon, which, of course, you you, that's a great point. You brought up about how they've been pretty well played. They've been the bargaining chip, I guess, uh, for this all along. So Aikman was a, a was considered a possibility there. Al Michaels maybe not on the half-inch arm, maybe they're down now to where they uh, had the index card like they did (laughs) with the first down marker. Maybe he's that close now. But uh, this is interesting now. So Kirk Herbstreit of college football lore and ESPN is going to be the analyst on Thursday Night Football. So and that thursday night thing because we've seen it over the years with the uh, the CBS, Fox and NBC packages they've done over the years you know that you know multiple guys can you know work for the network and then work on thursday night so that could be another possibility too if they don't have Al Michaels so it'd be interesting to see who they have on the play by play scene other than Al Michaels if if that's a possibility have you guys heard anything in your uh, in your research
0: I mean, it's tricky. The Al Michaels thing, I think Al wanted to go to Monday Night Football. And it. I think he's just as shocked as everybody else is that Joe Buck took it. <laughs> I think he wanted to work with Aikman you, so Joe. bad. Right. <laughs> I think he wanted to work with Aikman. I think that was the selling pitch. That's not in the tape cards anymore. So if you're Al Michaels, do you want to work with Kurt Herbstreet? And a lesser package. That's the other thing. I think Buck and Aikman know they're going to get a great package on Monday Night Football. I don't believe what anybody tells me that Amazon package is not going to be great. It's a streaming broadcast only. I think we're going to see a lot of Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars there, all right? I, I think we're going to And I think that's why Herb Street took it. Herb Street wants to do NFL games. So if you're Al, do you do you're interested in working with Herb Street full time or do you call Fox and said, "Hey, you know, I can groom your young guys. Let me call two of the next three Super Bowls so I could just pass by Pat Summer on, have that record to myself. I think that's the interesting plot line that we'll now, uh, we'll have to follow. I I have heard that Al, even if he does go to Amazon, would not be full-time. And so they may have to bring somebody else in. You know what's ironic about this? And it goes back to what Adam said at the beginning of this podcast. Egos play a role in this. If it was up to me, I actually would have Tariko do the amazon games with herb street they've actually worked together before they did thursday night college football many years ago when herb street started in the booth and i thought they were really good together i would have to there and have al stay on sunday night football with collinsworth like has anybody said hey man we need it's time for al to go like i i just think i still think that's a mistake i think this is a bit rushed I don't understand why there's not room for both of them. I mean, they're both getting Sunday night football last year. Now you have this Amazon package with Freddie Godelli Why can't those two share that as well? Maybe just share the Sunday night and the Thursday night package together. That's my thought. Yeah, Marshan
2: reported today, Elo, that um, if Al Michaels does go, he's expected to do the full slate. So there, there is... So they must no have written a bigger it, a check then. Split. <laughs> um, so I, to me, the Herb Street thing makes sense. Maybe not him specifically, but I think I've said this before when we've done these. I thought the Amazon package was an opportunity to break in a new, young broadcast team, give somebody a chance to maybe get some reps under their feet, maybe a younger broadcaster, maybe like an Adam Amin, just throwing a name out there, right? You know, and, and give that person a shot. So in that respect, Herb Street kind of makes sense in that he's trying to break his way in the NFL. I don't know that I think it's a great idea, but I mean, he's literally the voice of college football. I mean, that's that's one of the most dominant sports in all of America. Why he wants to throw NFL on the plate, I guess there's money involved, but you've got to the top. Let's just stay there, but it is what it is. Al Michaels just feels weird on Amazon. I'm not going to lie to you. Al just feels weird on Amazon, unless it's the relationship with, with Fred Gadelli, unless it's the schedule. To your point, Elo, he flies in Thursday morning, does the game, flies out Friday, has all weekend to hit the, hit the golf course, you know, relax his feet, have a good time, unless he really wants to kind of ramp down here towards the end of his career. I wouldn't get that sense, but unless he really says, hey, this is just a lifestyle play at this point, I'm going to do a Thursday game. I'll be back on my couch in, in Santa Monica on you know, Friday afternoon. I'll get a nine holes, get a nine holes on Sunday, enjoy my steak and my wine on Sunday, Saturday night, you know, and, and call it a weekend. I, I don't know. But Fox is interesting. You said this on Elo Twitter. And I, I, I just can't put Michaels and Fox together. I don't know why. I just don't see those two going together. Al Michaels to me represents just this all-class professionalism and not that that's not Fox, <laughs> but they've always been sort of outliers, take a chance, try something new, new graphics packages, just new things. And Al just seems like he's the, the old steady veteran. You bring him in for a sort of professional broadcast and maybe it was Buck and Aikman had some more fun with and not that Michaels isn't fun, but something about that pairing just doesn't seem right. I think Al's in a really interesting spot here because I, I don't think he wants to probably go to either, but he may end up choosing the lesser of two evils, whatever that is at this point.
1: Yeah, and let's talk about uh, what's going to happen at Fox. So, uh, who will get the number one chairs? And you know, you brought up Al Michaels. I, you know, I bet. I I bet Ian Eagle wishes he had not signed to be the CBS number two guy contract because he definitely would have gotten that job in my opinion. With what about Chris
0: Collins? What about Chris Collinsworth who resigned for twelve million? He probably would have gotten. He could have gotten more either to stay at NBC or yeah. go back to Fox.
1: Yeah, that that would have been out there as well. And of course, internally, there's of, conver- Yeah, uh, first of all, I think Greg Olson is going to be their analyst. I think they've already made that decision. If I had to guess, uh, unless there's somebody from the outside they're going to bring in. But Kevin Burkhardt, Adam Amin. Um, you know that's a you know both are both are very good. Do you give one of the do you do you give one of those guys football and one of them baseball to to help that little situation out uh, where each one of those guys is the number one spot? Um, a wild card. You could move over Gus Johnson because Tim Brando could take over the college play-by-play gig. That's a that would be a possibility. And here's an even bigger wild card. You go young like you did with Joe Buck all those years ago and you go with Noah Eagle. Just a, just a, just throwing a long dart out there.
0: Adam, how about this? Jeff Allen played pl- applying for the you know wow. director producing job at Fox Sports here. He wants to make all these <laughs> hires here. Sure right?
2: yeah, he, he sure did. Yeah, she sure did. I think obviously the leader in the clubhouse, if you're gonna read the you know the the reporting out there is Kevin Burkhart uh, as the play-by-play guy in, in, in football, Joe Davis as the play-by-play guy in baseball. I think that's sort of the, the leader in the clubhouse conventional thinking. But Fox isn't always conventional thinking. I am I'm curious, do they try to make a splash? Go outside, find somebody to come in there. I was looking at the CBS roster. Their number two is Charles Davis. He's good, but is he really the name you sort of bring in and say, "Hey, okay, he's gonna he's gonna change what we do"? I don't know if he's that. Greg Olson, just he's solid, but doesn't doesn't to me scream big game. I don't think big game when I when I hear Greg Olson. Maybe it's only because he's been doing this for a couple of years, but maybe you know maybe somebody else on the outside. Here's a name I wrote down. I have no idea if this can work. He's he's under a lot of contracts, a lot of different places, but he's kind of a rising star. He's somebody who. Has a good platform already. I wonder if Fox would make a run at somebody uh, that they can, can poach, maybe like a Nate Burleson, right? I know he's got the CBS Morning Show, so he's probably under contract there, but you got the Strahan sort of concept where he's doing stuff on all networks. I wonder if they try to swing big, go up for a name that's, that's kind of out there and sort of try to revamp and retool with a little bit more pizzazz than a Greg Olson. You know, I, nothing against Greg Olson, but you, you bring in a, a, a Nate Burleson, maybe that brings you some cachet. I don't know, but I think they're going to be interesting spots. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they they stuck with Burkhardt and Olson, w- Wouldn't be terrible, I guess. But it just keeps sticking in my mind. They have two of the next three Super Bowls. Is that the, is that the crew they want to trot out for two of the next three? That just doesn't feel like a spot they'd want to go. And so I'm curious if they're kicking up over rocks where they hoping Tom Brady would stay uh, retired and he was a call. Were they thinking they could get Sean McVay to change his mind? sean payton is still out there obviously as a name but we have zero idea if he's good in the booth uh, hopefully they put the drew bree stuff to rest after we saw his playoff performance this past season so i think they're going to try for a big game somebody that's outside the box i just i have a hard time thinking right now they're going to settle for burkhart and olsen
0: i think the baseball one is the simpler one i think that's joe Davis. i'd be shocked if joe davis ain't the guy he's been kind of the co number one really with buck i mean remember he called you know this jeff he called game seven of the nlcs between the Braves 20, and the Dodgers, yeah. because yeah. Buck had football with Smoltz. And I think Joe Davis is fantastic. Uh, I think a lot of people actually compare him to Joe Buck. Uh, their style and they're all that. Uh, so I think Joe Davis is the baseball guy. I think Adam Amin is just number two in baseball. I think they're fine in baseball. Uh, I think it's those two with John Smoltz and you're ready to go. Uh, the football one is a little trickier to Adam's point. This would be a lot easier if it wasn't a Super Bowl year. That's what's so crazy about this. Joe Buck and Troy would just walked away from a Super Bowl. Two of the last three Super Bowls, as a matter of fact, but especially this year. Uh, so we've not seen this. So where do they go? Well, Burkhardt and Olson, a lot of people like, but we don't know the big stage. We don't really have We kind of half pay attention. If they stay with them, a part of me wonders if they're going to go three-man booth. And they, what they might do is go Burkhart, Olsen, and bring somebody else in, a big name, maybe a Nate Burleson, maybe a Strahan, maybe a, a Sean Payton, something to spice it up. Uh, if you remember when Madden and Summerall were, you know, Summerall was kind of retired but demoted, however you want to phrase it, and John Madden left Fox, they went to a three man booth with Buck, Aikman, and Collinsworth. And Buck kind of came out of left field because he wasn't like a number one or number two football guy. He was more like number four, number five, but he was Joe Buck. So the wild card in all this is, does Fox decide, hey, maybe Joe Davis could be that guy, too? Maybe you bring him in to be the NFL guy. Could it be, if it is Burkhardt, I think, I would probably think Burkhardt, I mean, it's kind of hard to, you know, he's been their pregame host and stuff. I would be surprised if they passed on him i love your uh gus johnson idea though like gus johnson needs to be involved in some capacity in the nfl i'm sorry to me for whatever the reason and we've discussed this in previous podcasts i just think he's better in the nfl than college football and i don't know what it is but he just seems to be a better fit and i love your idea of brando being to the number one spot for that taking over and work with clatt um you know that's a so that's to me what i would do there but i don't know if they will do that so I think if Al doesn't go to Fox, and I do think they'll call Al. I you have to, out of respect, you have to do it, right? Because you gotta go through your options. But I think if I had to put money on it, I think they go Burkhardt Olsen and somebody else is a third man is to make it a three-man booth.
1: Yeah. I tell you what though, I really like the Adam Amin Mark Schlereth pairing. I don't Me think too. they would I don't think they would promote Schlereth. Um, but uh you know I think Adam Amin would be, you know. You know, that'd be a, one of those going younger options as well. So, and that, and there's a rippling
0: effect here because if they promote Burkhart and Olsen and Amin and Schlereth get promoted, now they're in the number two slot. You're in the mix to possibly call a playoff game or some other marquee games too. So, that plays a rippling effect there uh, as well. I like Amin more than Burkhart. I would go with Adam. I just don't see them picking Adam over Burkhardt, considering the seniority that Burkhardt's been there at Fox for a long time. You could argue that Burkhardt is their number two face behind Joe Buck for the last decade or so.
2: Can we talk one other ripple effect really quickly? Sure. What does this do to the, to the Manning cast, right? I mean, we saw ESPN go all in last season on Manning cast, Manning cast, Manning cast. In some respects, that sort of was their, you know, the, their chief property, even over the regular telecast. They spent more energy there. And my assumption would be is because they knew they had more star power in the Manning cast, and that's where they wanted to kind of promote. Well, now the actual Monday Night Booth has that star power. We saw the Peyton Eli sign for what, another three seasons, I think, of Manning cast. So how does the Manning cast integrate with now what they've done with that booth i mean is it going to be to your point elo abc is the big game espn's the manning cast thing is that how they're going to break that apart uh, i'm just curious now what the manning cast becomes because it was the hit property and espn was clearly pushing it but now you, if, if i'm joe and troy i'm like well I, hold on stop talking about those guys we're, we're here for we came here for this so we i don't want to see that promotion over there I mean, it wasn't like greasy and levy and riddick were going to have that kind of cachet buck and aikman do i'm curious what happens with the manning cast now
0: I am, too. Now, it's worth pointing out in their extension. They're going to do other properties, too. It's yeah. not just the NFL. So I think this is a bigger picture thing than just, hey, Monday Night Football. But obviously, that's a big uh, component of this. I mean, the, look, the numbers have shown this, all these mega casts. It's funny. We all think of all these different, hey, that's kind of cool and stuff like that. The overwhelming majority of the people still like the traditional bro- telecast, right? Like it, As much as we made of the man, I watched a lot of the Manning cast. They still got the bigger audiences on the traditional broadcast so and i think even if you would not have brought in buck or aikman i still think i think the manning cats would have still dipped a little bit in the ratings just because the curiosity is kind of done you know what i mean like we've seen it unless they revamped the show or something i'm not saying people aren't still gonna watch but i think the 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 nuance the the newest of it like oh this is curious what they're gonna do it's kind of done. I think they're still going to get an audience, and I think ESPN will present this as, hey, Monday night, you need to stop what you're doing. You got to watch Monday night football. We got Buck and Aikman and the Mannings, and they're just going to dominate. And that's why, Jeff, I agree 100%. They need to be on ABC. And there are rumors that one of the things ESPN wants to do is to have two Monday night football games a night, one on ABC, one on ESPN, kind of within an hour of each other and kind of have an option of have that way you get two games and you pick the best one to be on ABC. So it increases your chances of getting a better game. I think they're going to try to monopolize Monday night. They want people to tune into Monday night. And I think they're going to just, I think that's what they're going to do. I think Manning Cast is just going to be a big part of that whole, like Monday night football is the place to be. So, uh, Adam, I don't know if you and Mike, uh, you know, usually, you know, record on Monday nights, but that could be a challenge now for you guys moving forward. <laughs>
2: I feel like Mike can out outdraw Joe Buck. I'm just going out there right now. <laughs> He's prettier than Trey Aikman, too. I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> I'll give him that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know that's one of those things. You can always uh, you can always pause the game and come back to it. So there there's there's that option as well. Thanks to modern technology. So. We're in March Madness. So uh, once again, we're getting set for the NCAA tournament and the CBS Turner lineups. Uh, um, we'll, we'll get to the play by play stuff uh, a little more in just a moment. And it's relatively unchanged from from last year. Just some minor tweaks here and there. I find the interesting uh, uh, tidbits with the studio. Um, Rex Chapman's gonna join uh, the Atlanta crew, which uh, I think is an A plus, and he's done some work with them before. So this is not his first foray into that. I think the the glaring omission of Adam Zucker from uh, doing uh, some of the studio work is uh, kind of a a shock to be. Now I'm wondering if because this is a A a TBS year for the Final Four that they're propping some of the TBS personnel uh, is part of that equation. That could be uh, part of it. So, that to me is where a couple of the surprise nuggets uh, regarding uh, the studio. Uh, Let me get you guys' thoughts on that first.
0: You know, we've talked about this in the past. I feel like. I hate the NBA involvement in this, which is kind of why I think Adam Zucker is kind of the latest example of this. Because you have all these NBA guys involved, some of the college guys get demoted, even though it's their sport. It's their sport. They covered all year. Like Adam Zucker's been the guy, but all of a sudden, hey, you know, Greg Gumbel's here and Ernie's here, and they hired a new guy at Turner who they're using as well as a studio uh, coming over from ESPN uh and i think adam's kind of the short end now maybe adam will be part of the cbs sports network i'm sure he will be yeah but it's still man it's just like ah why do we have to have nba guys just can't i i mean i know it's a cross promotion and all that but man like tom mccarthy you said to me he's only doing the first four which is another change they're doing this year they're having a separate crew just for the first four and Tom McCarthy, who has done NCAAs in the past, is only going to do the first four, at least on TV. He's probably going to do Westwood One stuff, uh, which, by the way, is very underrated. If you yes. look at the roster they've developed for Westwood One, I recom—I actually would argue that in some of these regionals, you're better off listening to the Westwood One radio than the actual TV crews, like a Fran Frachilla, for example, is doing radio on Westwood One, et cetera. Uh, but you know my stance on this. I hate the NBA. I hate the fact that Barkley and Kenny Smith are going to act like they you know, care about college basketball when they probably haven't watched the second of it all year long. I, I, re- I respect the fact that Shaq's not involved in it. But, man, I, that's uh, – like, John Rothstein should be more involved, and yet he's not. It drives me nuts.
2: Yeah, to me, it's the Atlanta studio. So that's uh, that's the, the new guy you, you mentioned, uh, Eric. That's Nabil Kahim. Yes. Uh, then you're adding Dwayne Wade, who I th- only does one week of NBA. Now I'm supposed to believe he's also going to do college basketball as well. Candice Parker and Seth Davis, right? That just doesn't seem like that, that match fits. And they added Rex Chapman, who, by the way, Rex Chapman has absolutely grown a media career from a Twitter following. So you got to take your hat off to Rex and sort of what he's done, his podcast, CNN Plus now. I mean, he's definitely all over the place. Uh, so you got to give him some credit for that. But that whole studio, pairing just makes me just absolutely shake my head. And the thing about Zucker, I almost feel like he's boxed out for Adam Lefko because Lefko is now doing the in-game updates and that's, that's Zucker's lane, right? That's uh, you know, we're back to the studio a second here. I'm Adam Zucker and he's got the update every right? single time. And that's going to Lefko, which seems interesting. Again, another Tuesday night NBA guy, you know, he's part of the D Wade and Candace Parker Shaq pairing. So I think that is what's interesting is some of those guys getting pushed out for what I assume people uh, at the, the higher ups are, are bigger names are going to catch your attention more. You know, and and so I'm curious how Seth Davis fits in that, in that crew because he's got to deal with d Wade, Candace Parker and Rex Chapman. That, he's be the a, he's a, a legitimate factor on that studio. He's, the, too. Yeah, he's <laughs> the only one who would have some sort of college basketball chops. I guess Rex, I'd give him that too. I don't want to knock Rex, but I mean, that, Seth Davis on that crew is going to have a good old time, I imagine.
1: Yeah, it's just it- weird. It's yeah weird. It, it is strange um yeah I, I look at that and again I know yeah maybe they're doing some deference to TBS because they're they got the final four this well, year you
0: need and you need to ma- highlight that a lot of people are not aware of this and that, this is a big thing here the final four will be on TBS the national title game will be on TBS people are accustomed to being watching CBS this is a I hate this too because this is the last time they were on TBS it was the lowest rated national title game I expect low numbers just because people like habits. I'm used to CBS. Where's the game? You lose the casual audience. It's funny. Everybody went to cable. They took the money, not thinking, hey, a lot of people might cut the cord in cable. Everybody's always going to have ABC. Everybody's always going to have NBC or CBS in some form. And. Uh, Oh, I just it drives me nuts, but I think you're on to something, Jeff. I think because it's a TBS year, they get to have more of a say on who's involved. And that stinks if you're from that standpoint.
1: Yeah. And I'm with you that the CB the CBS should have the final four yep. uh, because, you know, yeah. they tried the selection show on TBS and it was a colossal disaster, uh, you know, and they came back to their senses. And it's still, yeah. you know, in that one hour window on Sunday. That's like television perfection. Uh, no. if you will uh so yeah that, that, that would be See, good if they could well, get the well, what, and
0: and what i would do is do a simulcast you could have it on sure. cbs and tbs i mean you know cable news outlets and the news outlets have figured this out many years ago by saying hey let's just put all the election stuff and, and presidential speeches on all of our news outlets and then we'll just grab all that all the ratings combined and that's going to turn into a big number I don't know why sports hasn't figured out that concept. I think ESPN is slowly starting to figure it out. But to me, it's a no-brainer. Put it on CBS. Put it on TBS. If you want to have an alternate broadcast, so be it, whatever. But then you can add on to the audience. And I think you'd be surprised that the audience would be a lot bigger.
1: Yeah, no question. So let's go to the uh, the, the play-by-play crews. So we'll go through the list here. Brad Nessler and Brendan Haywood. Evan Washburn is the... Uh, the sideline reporter Spiridius and Deb Antonelli with AJ Ross. Andrew Catalan with Steve Lapis, that's a good crew, with uh Andy Katz making his uh making his uh, sideline debut there. Lisa Byanton C. Smith and Avery Johnson with Lauren Shahadi on the sidelines. Kevin Harlan, Dan Bonner, and Reggie Miller. So we get to hear uh Eric's frustration with uh with Dan yelling at Reggie. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Reggie Data <Reggie. laughs> Jacobson's on that crew as well. Ian Eagle and Jim Sponarkel with Jamie Ernall, Brian Anderson and Jim Jackson with Allie LaForce, and then Jim Nantz, Bill Raftery, Hill, and Tracy Wilson as the number one crew. Really, uh, not much of a change from from the last couple of years. Uh, so, still, uh, you know, I guess I would say Spiro Didis and Dev Antonelli is probably the weakest crew in that in that mix. If uh, if you had to if you had to pick, uh, what's your thoughts on on the play by play guys?
2: All right. I have my official rankings here. I, I did. Uh, I've got three categories of my most underrated crew. I'm gonna go Brian Anderson, Jim Jackson. I think those two are really good together. I think BA is doing a lot better job on basketball. I know he's more of a baseball guy. I think it is a good job. I think Jim Jackson is solid. My when did that happen crew is Brad Nessler, Brendan Hayward. That just doesn't seem like those two go together. I read that a couple times. I kept going back like Brendan Hayward. Uh, that doesn't seem like it goes together. I'm more curious about that. And my odd couple pairing goes to Lisa, Steve and Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson and Steve Smith are kind of polar opposites. Avery's got a kind of a loud voice. Um, you know, Steve's kind of more monotone. How are those three going to work together? So my most underrated, my how did that happen, and my can't wait to see the odd couple uh, pairings from the tournament. I think every else is fine. I'm glad we brought back the best names in sports and and uh, Eagle and Spinarco. I think that's uh, that's fantastic. Uh, other than that, I think everything else is solid. It's just kind of the same crew as, as usual. But uh, I'm, I'm curious to figure out how that Brad Messer, Brendan
0: Awood pairing goes. Well, it, what happened there is Brad has worked with Steve Lavin. Before yeah. and Steve Lavin's not involved in this. He's only doing the first He's four. He's doing the Tuesday game, yeah. I don't understand that. And again, yeah. though it makes me wonder cuz I think Brandon Haywood is with uh, NBA TV, isn't he? Yes, is? he? yep, he is. Again, there's the Turner aspect you've brought up, Jeff. Uh on that regard, it is worth pointing out um carter blackburn's not a part of this he stepped away from broadcasting all year so that has i think a rippling effect on some of these pairings that you've talked about Uh, the one thing i've always been confused by so lisa Byington is doing the regional out west she's the tv voice of the milwaukee bucks spiro didis who lives in california is doing a regional in milwaukee why couldn't we help them out and just have a drive and have Spiro do California and Lisa do one in Milwaukee? Wouldn't that save you some money? I never understand when some of these decisions are made. Like you have a person who can just drive there, but no, nope, let's fly them across country, fat back and forth. I don't understand that. Like, does nobody figure that out? I don't know. That's just me. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it is crazy. And again, uh, it, not, to, not to beat the point into the ground, but I am with you, the, the 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 lack of the guys who do college basketball all year, uh, no matter whether it's with CBS or ESPN or Fox, uh, you know, at least Jim Jackson has that going for him. You know, he just did the Big East uh, with with uh, Gus Johnson and Tim Brando. So there's at least he's got some connection and, and does some college hoops throughout the season. Uh, you know, like I said, that's why I like the Andrew Kettle and Steve Lapis team, because I you know, like that team a lot because yeah. Yeah, you hear them all season. And uh, it's uh, great to see them there. So uh, the least the good news is March Madness is upon us. So uh, interesting topic I wanted to bring up, and this may be only me, but is ESPN making John Crispin the 2.0 version of Dan Dockich? Because it seems like they have <laughs> elevated him. Uh, a lot of studio, a lot of, uh, lot of uh, game action. You know, he has that same kind of, you know delivery kind of a kind of sarcastic uh if you will or is is you know am i wrong uh in in, no
0: no you're not no
1: i mean maybe you us two are just
0: weird that way i funny story (laughs) when mark adams because i follow a lot of the american conference basketball obviously with ucf involved and everything like that for those that follow it closely kevin brown and mark adams have been the number one guys for the american conference basketball all year and I remember uh, the quarterfinals, Mark Adams was like, oh, man, this is a blast. I wish John Crispin the best. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, Crispin just pops in and takes over for the semis in the championship. But it's true. What's ironic is he, Dan Dockage, did that in his last year or two at ESPN. John Crispin comes over from the Big Ten Network to join ESPN. So he has that Big Ten background. And, yeah, I do think he's Dan Dockich's replacement, basically. Once Dockich and the ESPN parted ways, he's a less controversial guy, but he likes talking just as much. Uh, (laughs) So as a result, he does the American Conference Championship games, which is weird because he really doesn't follow it as closely as he does other leagues. And it's always weird because he's done a UCF game every year. He did the Houston game on ABC a year ago, and he did the Michigan game this year with, I think, Rich Hollenberg, I want to say. And I rem- my social media feed's like, man, this guy won't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I think he's better in studio. But yes, to answer your long question, I thought the same thing when I heard he was doing popping in and taking over for Mark Adams. I'm like, what? A- oh, he's Dan Dockish because that's even what Dan even sounds Dockish like him. <laughs> Less controversial and yeah. more conservative. Yeah, you know? But yeah, I think that's. That's a pretty astute point by you there that, yes, I think that's uh, 2.0, if you will, or repla- or the heir apparent or replacement, however you want to phrase it.
2: What's funny is I saw this on the, uh, on the show sheet and I was thinking to myself, is that a compliment? Is this, is this a good thing to be talking 2.0? Is, is this a compliment? Yeah. I, I, it's hard to say. I think ESPN's outside of Jay Billis, who is clearly the, the, the primary vo- voice of college basketball. We know Dick Vitale stepped away this year to take care of his health. And it sounds like things are trending in the right direction there, but we know he's kind of on the tail end of his career. Outside of that, ESPN's college basketball coverage is a head scratcher in general. You never really know who you're going to get. You never know who's going to be in studio, Who's going to be on games? Who's going to be on the call? I always find it just really interesting who's who's around and where where somebody's at. Sean Farnham pops up in studio sometimes he's really good. games. He's really good, but you never know where you can't like. I can't set my TV to go, hey, I know Farnham is going to be on after the game and I want to hear his analysis. I never know who's going to be there. So I think ESPN's entire college basketball lineup. I mean, look, they tried Jalen Rose and Jay Williams for a while. They brought LaFonta Welles in now. Seth Greenberg is usually there. But, you know, but Jay Williams is kind of floating in and out sometimes still with his get ups uh, crew. I just find their whole college basketball stuff to be really confusing. I don't know who I'm going to get when I'm going to get them. Um so Crispin's solid. I mean, I don't know if Doc H2.0 is, is a compliment or not, but, but he, he appears to be a lot of places. But I also just wonder if it's how that's all coming together. Is that by design? Is that just by lack of other talent? Is that just by availabilities? I'd love to see sort of the scheduling model behind the uh, the ESPN college basketball stuff. I-
0: I hear what you're saying. Now, some of it, I mean, like Fran Fraschilla does Big 12, Big Monday games with John yeah. Shambi. So that's been consistent. Bill has gets to pick what he wants. I think, obviously, Dick Vitale, his situation kind of threw off some things. Uh, but Jimmy Dykes usually does SEC games with Ravage. What was interesting this year, we didn't – Sean McDonough did not do college basketball this year. And it's because of, hockey. of the hockey. Yeah. And I, it was alarming. Like, Shulman took over as that Monday night ACC games with, like, uh, Corey Alexander, which I was like, Wait. What? what yeah yeah where did that come from to your point Adam and again I don't know if Vitel's absence made a was a factor in that or not uh but you're right there is definitely this year a little bit of a quirkiness there that you just don't know and Farnham to me is underutilized I think he's fantastic but they never use him as an analyst that much and then when they do it's usually on the west coast and then he, somehow he's on the east coast doing studio um it's a little over the all over the place and I, I do wonder, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I think Jay Williams personally was should have stayed on the game day. I thought he was a natural from a personality standpoint on game day. Lafonso Ellis is just too. He's assert, dry to yeah. say, right, too dry. And I think that's what's missing. I think Jay Williams brought something to that show. And I think they missed it. He him. brought the Jessamyn
1: was- Howard a, a, a kind yeah. of juice. Yeah.
0: Well, he had a little bit of that, that Corso thing going because he would rip off his you know his shirt <laughs> to see which team he was picking. He had a personality. Greenberg's a coach. He's not a personality from a, hey, I'm going to go out crazy. Billis has one, but it's more dry. Um, but, you know, that's their issue there. I wish Jay Williams would be back there because he was not very good on the NBA stuff, uh, which is the ESPN has the opposite problem of Turner's. They like to bring in college guys to do NBA. I mean, that's a whole other story. But, um, but it's 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 very fast. But I did miss Sean McDonough this year, dude do, not doing college basketball. That stood out to me, guys, f- from their coverage. I did miss Sean McDonough because I did enjoy McDonough and Billis when they would do an ACC game, etc. And obviously, McDonough's obviously the hockey played a big role in that.
1: Well, I do have the answer. Even though he does a lot of CBS, they need more Mike O'Donnell because they. Yes. You, I mean, like you know, Perry Clark. He's terrible. Oh. Oh, my He's, oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! He's terrible, wow. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Oh, that drives me nuts. Yeah, Perry Clark. I, I, I told people when we did the Black and Go Bennett podcast to preview the game. I'm like, by the way, Perry Clark's doing a game. You might make sure just mute your brought mute and <laughs> listen to Mark Daniels or something. You make a great point about Michael Donald. He did the whack championship for ESPN. He's on the rise, and let's give a shout-out to our school, UCF, here. Michael Donnell, who's moving up in the chains there. A guy that, Adam, you know well, BJ Taylor has been on your show, on the live show every week. I thought he was fantastic. I think he's going to be a star in this realm as well for ESPN, doing some games on ESPN+. I think he's a star in there. UCF's developing analyst, to your point. Uh, MLD's a guy that should definitely get bigger roles moving forward.
2: Yeah, I, I think it. you'll see BJ BJ doing some more stuff. Uh, spoiler alert. I think he's got some some more stuff Ooh. ahead of him, so.
0: Oh, look at look
1: at him. Cheesy little snore, little news there. Look at that. Hold on. Media I
2: star. Have... Hold, I don't do you have a bell?
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the bell out. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's deserving of the opportunity, that's for sure. So I think he he will definitely be a stock rising guy. Well, I think th- I think
2: that's one thing ESPN Plus does do is it gives younger broadcasters the opportunity to get some reps, right? To build some reps, to get some stuff on tape, to get some stuff out there, and then get a chance to, to move into some of the bigger jobs or some of the more, quote unquote, marquee games. And I do think that's part of the reason you see a lot of um, just inconsistency with broadcast crews, because don't forget. You have SCC network, you have ACC network. So ESPN has all these sort of farm systems that they're funneling into their main games. I think there's the, the the good of that is a guy like MOD and a guy like BJ can get an opportunity. The bad of it is a viewer. If you don't know who that is, you're turning on like Wait, Corey Alexander. When, when did he? Is he still? I thought he was playing. still. You still have to do that thing a little <laughs> bit. So, but I do think in the in the net net of it, you'll end up getting better and, and more seasoned broadcasters out there because now you have that sort of that farm school for people to go to and, and get some reps in on uh, sort of lower tier games as they build their way up.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit of baseball because, uh, my God, we're actually going to have a season. So the the lockout is over. over And uh, and, and now we get to have a full 162. Uh, Interesting tidbit from a broadcast perspective that comes out is that MLB is now going to have exclusive only packages for Apple TV Plus and Peacock, which is interesting. I know they're trying to expand their horizons a little bit, but now I get MLB TV. Now I get it for free through uh, T-Mobile, thankfully. But if I'm a paying wow, MLB, plugging going on here. <laughs> yes, are they, yeah. are they a sponsor? <laughs> they are not a sponsor.
0: But okay. God, I wish
1: they were. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't get a fr- I don't get free phone service, unfortunately. Um, but if I if if I'm a paying MLB TV subscriber, I'm not happy about this because you're taking more inventory away that I'm paying for, wanting me to pay for these other two services if I wanna watch these games. So this is kind of a baseball move, right? They, they, they like to zig left and, and you go right, something along that those lines. What What do you guys think about that?
0: I think this is more of a nutshell, though, in general with sports. Isn't it, Adam, though? I mean, yeah. you got to pay this if you want to watch this. You got to pay that, too. If you want to watch, you know, UCF stuff, you got to watch ESPN+. Plus, But if you want to watch the Big Ten, you got to go Big Ten. play. I think this is just part of the course here that we're yeah. continuing in the trend, right? And
1: MLB's not going to lower their price on their package for taking games away, <laughs> <laughs> but we keep talking about Amazon,
2: right? You're, you're going to have to pay for Amazon to watch the football game. We don't yes. ever talk about that element of it. We just wonder who's going to call the games, right? Yes. If I'm a baseball fan, though, this is to me where I'd be confused, right? So if I have this right, I wrote this down. Peacock is going to get an exclusive Sunday, a- or Saturday, or Sunday or Saturday a.m. game. So it'll be a game that starts earlier. I think 1130 is as early as it'll start some of those games to not mess up some of the broadcast windows in the afternoon. So Sunday a.m., I have a Peacock exclusive. ESPN has Sunday night. TBS has an exclusive Tuesday night. Game Apple's not on a Friday night game, and then Fox is going to have the Saturday window. I got to go to like five different spots to find my team, and I think that's where you're going to lose fans. And you're like, "Hey, I just want to watch the Braves game." It's oh no, it's not on T. Okay, it's not on that. Okay, which one is it on tonight? And you have to know this rotation by heart, especially if you want to follow your team. Because to your point, Jeff, I believe it's Peacock and I believe it's Apple are not going to be available on the MLB Plus side of things. Mm, yeah, and, those regional will window. not do the games, so you're not yeah. you're not getting those. You're only getting those through those servers. So if I'm a baseball fan. I'm more confused than ever. We talked about this with CBS and and college basketball. You turn on CBS and the game's on, you watch it and you're good to go. If I'm a casual baseball fan and I have to hunt down how to find these games, you probably lost me already. So I think this this hurts a little bit. I think the hardcore baseball fan will figure it out, but we're all going to get stretched to that point where you're going to have to have streaming service on top of streaming service to watch all these things after a while, right? And it's just to start with this, right, it's going to be Amazon, Paramount Plus is going to come in at some point in time. You already have to have ESPN Plus for some of this stuff. You're going to start stretching the sports fans dollar to figure out where do i want to invest my money so i can get the most properties i care about and i think it's going to make a lot of tough decisions for sports fans out there as i try to figure out where am i going to find my games at but if i'm a baseball fan i'm confused and I, i'm gonna have I need, I need like a grid to be like ah thursday ah there we go <laughs> to figure out what channel my game's on <laughs> well
0: it who's the what's the targeted audience in this like you have an eleven thirty a.m baseball game on the peacock Who's going to draw, like, the young people aren't getting, you know, going to watch an 1130 a.m. baseball game on Peacock. But what about the old guy? Like, how am I going to explain to my dad that the game is on Apple? How He ain't going to figure out what the, he's going to be, what the hell are you talking about? I, I don't understand why you're complicating this stuff. Well, I do know why. You're getting a check. You're getting more money, right? Your this distribution. Um, I agree. It does get more confusing. And it's just, you know, the sports fans are going to have to make some decisions. I, 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 I just do wonder how this will go long term. At some point, you're just going to have to make the decision. I do wonder, you know, it's one out of 162. I could see some people saying, ah, whatever. You know what? If I miss a game on Apple, it it is what it is. And uh, here we go. We're just a regional broadcast. I think the baseball fan is used to the regional broadcast. I think they're going to be more mad that we don't get that than where the game is actually airing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think that the hardcore sports fan who you know who's watching the Tigers on Fox Sport Detroit or Valley Detroit, whatever it is, and then it's like, oh, Friday night game, we got a we got a nice inner squad, you know, match up with the Cardinals, and you're like, wait, what? Apple TV? Like, I think you hurt those more than you hurt the casual fan. I also think this is interesting for Apple. Right? Is Apple really going to get more subscribers because they have a baseball package? I mean, they're already a a huge conglomerate, right? They're a huge organization. Who's signing up? What, what is what is that metric Apple's looking for in terms of? subs that they say, hey, that's worth it. So is this really just a play for Apple to show MLB that, hey, we can do this, but also really show NFL and NBA and college football? This is what we can do for you. If you want to come to Apple, we can do a professional broadcast. We can get you all this other stuff. Cause I can't imagine there's a, a huge ROI on MLB. I have to imagine Apple's doing this just to showcase to all the other leagues. Look what we can do. See professional broadcast, great announcers, whatever the other perks might be. If there's technology advancements, cause I can't imagine this is going to be a a windfall for them financially for, for a company like Apple. We all have one of their phones right nearby. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine MLB is going to put them over, over the line in terms of profitability.
1: Yeah. To your well, point,
0: by the way, to your point, isn't Apple in the mix to try to get the Sunday ticket?
1: Yeah, yeah that's. Yeah. Th- this is why they're doing that. They're they're wanting yeah. to say, "Hey, we do sports," you know. Yeah. So so yeah, they are definitely a contender and willing to spend big, from what it sounds like, to try to get the uh, Sunday ticket package, which would be uh, which would be very very interesting.
2: Doesn't Last- it always feel like the M- MLB is just like the. Let the, you know, the friends you call when all the other friends are out for the night, you have nowhere else to go. You know, MLB just always there waiting for that phone call. You call your other buddies like, oh, sorry. Hey, I already went out. Hey, sorry. I'm out of town this weekend. Always call MLB. They're always there for you.
0: Adam, I mean, you and Mike have talked how many t- years, how many episodes about you two doing a baseball game? How have you yeah. not called Rob Manfred and set this up? I might, I, you know, at this point, I, I,
2: I think he was he wasn't doing a lot of negotiating. I saw his golf swing; it was looking pretty good, so maybe he's got some time to take a phone call. I just feel like baseball is always the friend that's always home that you can just call. And you know, they're that's ready to I'm hang saying. out when all the other friends are busy. You know,
0: Adam yeah. and Mike, sons of UCF, let's on go. Apple exclusively. Let's go. <laughs> are they a sponsor? They should be a sponsor of this show. show. Yes, <laughs> that's yes, gonna,
1: that's, that's gonna yeah, so Let's here. get that, yeah, that going. Out. Yeah, yeah. Bring yeah. it up. No, and and you know, you mentioned uh, Eric. Well, you say, okay, maybe I'll bypass this game here or there it's like you know uh with the mlb package you get radio so i'll listen to a game on the radio if, if i need to it's uh, that's not a big deal to me at all
2: well jeff you're, you're the perfect demographic you're a huge braves fan right oh boy are you are you going to pay for apple tv to catch that friday night you know uh braves tilt against the dodgers is that something where you're gonna say hey I'm, i need to see this one or are you just gonna sit it out and read the box score the next day uh
1: i'll listen on the radio yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, get, I'll do the radio feed for that. I have no problem with that whatsoever because I can I can watch another game on TV while listening to the radio. Yeah, so yeah, you, I think will, a lot will, of people will, are in that boat.
0: I agree. Will you boo Freddie Freeman if he's not with the Braves on the radio? There, <laughs> I will not
1: boo. I will not boo Freddie Freeman. He got us a World <laughs> Series. Uh, I I am very sad though that uh, that uh, resigning isn't going to happen. But uh, Matt Olson's not a bad pickup.
0: Well, look at that. He's moved on, Adam. Yes, that was quick. Yes, you saw yes, that? Yeah.
2: Well, about, call mean, the friend that's always home, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Olson's at home right
1: now. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right, then, no, last topic. Uh, so, recently uh, on the, uh, what do they call that? First take. Yes, first, first take, take. That's oh, what yeah. it is. Yes. So, one of uh, Stephen A's new sparring partners is uh, my old WKS colleague, Chris Bad Dog Russo.
0: Wow, look at the plug.
1: Yes. Yeah. I had to go get a bell ring. So uh uh so Chris Russo, long time, you know, one of the legends in sports uh talk broadcasting history, is uh I think Stephen A has finally met his match because you got a guy that can yell as loud if not louder <laughs> than than Stephen A. And look, Chris Russo's been, you know, doing real debate for many, many years, not this fake tv you take this side i take this side stuff now there's obviously a little bit of that going on because of this program but Stephen a is like an amateur walking and it gets professional in my opinion in on, on these exchanges wow <laughs> whoa shots <laughs> fired hey that's <laughs>
0: called protecting a colleague
2: right there man thanks uh, here's the thing so l- the opinions aside okay that show to me is like the the closest thing to Broadway theater. That's just that's a theatrical performance those two guys put on, whether they believe what they're saying or not, whether the opinions are of any sort of substance. It's a Broadway theater. The other day when they were debating one basketball player for one game for your life, I mean that is just a, that's a Broadway play that you're just watching unfold live on TV. And I, I think I think Mad Dog brings something out of Stephen A. You see him smile, you see him having a little bit of fun. I think he brings out a little bit. of... Of, of something different in Stephen A. Something you weren't getting from Max. Something you definitely weren't getting from Skip. I think he brings out something different. It's like a, it's like watching a Broadway production. It's it's masterfully done, just in terms of, of the theatrics. Again, opinions aside, and whether you agree and and whatnot, just the theatrics of it, I think are are worth the the watch alone. And there's so many sound bites that you can pull from that. If you were doing radio these days, you had so many liners you could pull from that to talk about. So I, I think it's entertaining. I have. I, I'm not a first take watcher by any no. sense, but I have found myself looking at be like, oh, it's Tuesday, I think Mad Dog's on. And, and turning it on, sometimes even have it on mute and just watching the, the <laughs> gesticulations of the hands is entertaining enough. So the, the theater angle is certainly there. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it feels like you're watching a Broadway production.
0: Uh, Well, it's Wednesdays when he's on, and that's what I think works. I think if they put him on five days a week, I think we'll be like, all right. Oh, that'd be exhausting. (laughs) That would be (laughs) exhausting. But there is something about Chris Russo. I'm a huge fan. I've watched. I've always thought he was better than Francesa. There's something about him that he – there's an innocence there, right? Like – He'll get mad and fired up. And, you know, you mentioned, like, this is for your life. Well, that's a Chris Russo saying there, right? Yep, and it's yep. like, oh, oh, you know, we, me and my buddy have said that in the bar. There's something appealing about that. But yet he's not afraid to make fun of himself. Like, he was having issues with the chair and the <laughs> microphone. And he's just like, oh, with this chair? Plus the voice. The voice. Like, he, it's just – it's amazing. I give them credit for bringing him on. I think it has added to Stephen A. Smith. I think it is funner. It's more fun. It's not – It there's no you don't sense a a, a maliciousness, which sometimes in these shows it does. In particular, you mentioned Skip, I mean, that guy just is just malicious with a capital M. Um, I think with Chris, he there's a a bit of an enjoyment out of it, even if you don't agree with the opinion, there's a joy out of it. And you make the expressions that I think is harmless, and it's why he's been successful. He's he is you know, he's got his own channel on Sirius XM. Uh, he does the high heat show on MLB Network. I mean, we've seen some rants there in the World Series when he's doing there like, "He can't make that call. And it's just, it's entertaining. I enjoy it. I admit it. I'm a Russo fan. I watch when he's on. I would be the first to admit.
1: Well, I'll give you a story. Uh, back when he was here in Orlando in the 1980s, one of his uh, compelling arguments was that he, uh, of course, remember at the time, this is Miami Dolphin country, right? So he is blasting the fact he thinks Don Shula is an overrated coach (laughs) and you, my God, the audience would just go freaking nuts over that. So I always had this lasting image in my mind and can hear it in my head right now when somebody would call in and talk about how great Don Shula goes, it's a myth, it's a myth. (laughs) 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 Uh, And yeah, his his mannerism, he is infectious. You know, from that that regard, when 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 he when he yells, you don't come off. It doesn't come off angry. You know, I think so. he's
2: the he's he's the first guy that I've seen that keeps Stephen A. on his toes. I think with Max and with Skip, it was kind of like okay, yeah, but I think he's the first guy that keeps Stephen A. on his toes, where Stephen A. doesn't really know what's coming back at him, and he has to be more aware of what's going on around him and respond differently. Where I think after a while, the, the whole Max thing just kind of became played out. It was just sort of you know banter for the sake of banter. I think Stephen Stephen A. has to be on his toes with Mad Dog, and I think that's what makes it interesting is really Stephen A.'s reaction because he's used to being that guy, right? He's used to setting the tone and being the one who's you know bombastic and over the top, and now he's got to. Play off of that. So I think almost seeing that role aversal makes it a really interesting pairing between those two. I agree. If it was five days a week, I would need multiple Advil and probably something stronger than that to, to survive that. But I think one, two days a week in some form like that, I think is a good idea.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I will tell you, even though these things are quote unquote scripted, Chris will go off script. Hmm. So, well, and I've heard uh, like
0: Jimmy Trainus is talk, is a big fan of his, and he's talked to him. They've talked about, and I've had people here talking about him that he, He's the type that would be on the street, you know, hot dog guys there, and he would be asking him questions and all of a sudden <laughs> yep. they start debate, right? He's always curious. What you think about that? You know, he's always interested in, has an opinion on something. He has to have an opinion on something. I think it's natural with him. He can't help himself. Uh, and I think that's where it comes off very well, whereas as you mentioned in other cases, it comes off as very uh, orchestrated.
1: Yeah, no question. Well, guys, uh, the emergency pod is in the books. Uh, uh, you know, Oof. so... We had Crush to get yourself. this. Yes. Yes. Uh, with the, the Buck Aikman story, we had to we had to break in. Uh, you know, when news breaks out, we break in. Right. So uh, there you <laughs> go. Uh, the emergency pod in the book. So uh, let, let's let's uh, get your plugs in for those who are new to this media spotlight edition of Jeff Allen Sports Talk. We'll let my guys Adam and Eric do their plugs for their endeavors. Eric, take it away. Well,
0: obviously, uh, I contribute on black and gold banneret podcast uh, weekly as well as blackandgoldbannerette.com uh, or we'll do a lot of coverage of UCF sports, women's basketball in the NCAA tournament will be covering that softball. I call the UCF softball games on ESPN plus well, the
1: season be... they're having
0: <laughs> 22 and seven and Francesca and has been my analyst for most of those games, which we've gotten a trait feedback on. Uh, so that's been awesome to watch an ESPN plus will be going uh, Ohio state on Tuesday and then the Furman on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. So I'll we'll be doing a lot of ESPN plus games. They're calling the the games and then uh, doing uh, some UCF coverage on the side, and who knows what else pops up. So, uh, hopefully, everybody can check that out. You can follow me at Eric Lopez Elo to catch up with what I'm doing,
2: Adam. Yeah, you can. I'm um, one part of the Sons of UCF crew. So we have an audio podcast usually comes out on Tuesdays. That's myself and UCF Mike. A live show Thursdays, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, streaming 8 p.m. We bring in Trace Trelko for the proceedings. We take your questions, a lot of interviews, some guests, all that stuff's available on our podcast feed as well. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel at Sons UCF. We have a lot of interviews on there. Trace is living in Greg Lovelady's car. So we have a, <laughs> a weekly with, with Greg Lovelady these days. So you can find that on the Sons of UCF YouTube. Also our website, Two Nights Media Dot com you can catch up
1: with all of our content on there hell of a segment living in greg Lovelady's car <laughs> well
0: Greg, my thing is when is greg lovelady going to be and make a cameo on the walk and talk with trace i Ooh. made a cameo recently yes you did yeah. It's yeah a big deal it's a big honor Right there. I mean, you know, you have huge. to stay
2: tuned. Yeah, you have to stay tuned. I don't know if he can get catch him at like the Turnpike Toll Plaza and <laughs> just jump out of the trunk. I don't know what the idea there is, but you'll have to stay tuned. You never know what
1: Trace will show up at. Yeah, Eric, your little walk and talk cameo. That was a photo bomb gold, by the way. Thank you.
0: you know, he popped in. <laughs> it was the first time he's been to softball in a while, and uh, I showed him the outfield. He wanted to be in the outfield, and so we got I got him hooked up to the outfield. We did the walk and talk and create some buzz. It was a windy day, but uh mm. It's a lot of fun uh, you guys got to get out there once in a while too it's a nice day when it's you know nice nice weather
1: yeah i plan on being uh, at uh sporting events uh, in april so uh, i'll look for you <laughs> April, bro he's, he's got his <laughs> mountain bump there well i got march <laughs> i got march Madness to work through first so, yeah. i understand i understand priorities <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> all right adam and eric as always thanks guys
0: hi chef always a pleasure jeff
1: and we'll be back to close out with a TV theme right after this.
0: Central Florida, we're back. It's the second annual Apopka International Jazz Fest starring the iconic Jeffrey Osborne. Jeffrey Osborne. With special guest Hiroshima, saxophonist D. Lucas and Grammy Award winner Nestor Torres. Saturday, March 19th at the luxurious Apopka Amphitheater. Early bird tickets on sale. For complete details and tickets, log on to ApopkaInternationalJazzFest.com. Jeffrey Osborne. Baby, with me Get your tickets now.
1: So we changed it up. We went game show with the TV theme this week. And that is the theme from Match Game from its most popular run during the 1970s when it ran from, uh, what was it, 1973 to 1982 on CBS. Match Game actually goes back to the 1960s. Um, And it was a much more, you know, it was much more like a Jeopardy style type of show in the 70s, it became a a cultural phenomenon because it just was zany and out there and just totally nuts. A lot of uh, double and tundras uh, during that. Uh, ugly, Edna was so ugly. How ugly was she? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, and they also had an uh, evening version of the show Match Game PM. Gene Rayburn was the amazing host of that show. I just knew how to set everybody up and knew how to read the questions just right before saying blank. Of course, the panelists, Charles Nelson Riley, Brett Summers, and the great Richard Dawson were the regulars. Uh, Richard Dawson was probably the smartest player. Everybody wanted to pick him for the big match game at the end for all the big money uh, because he was usually right most of the time and had that ability to match. And they had some other uh, folks that would be semi regulars like Fanny Flag, uh, Nipsey Russell, uh, just some names that come to mind. They'd have professional athletes. Don Sutton was on the panel one time, I remember, long time ago. Um, of course, Match Game has had some revivals. Uh, it had an '80s version of the Match Game, Hollywood Squares Hour, had a, a little run on ABC, and this was post Gene Rayburn. Um, And then, of course, it has been running on ABC as of late as well, which has Alec Baldwin as the host. But uh, that might change a little bit with his current uh, controversy going on uh, these days. So uh, Match Game, great TV show. Really, again, its heyday was in the 1970s, our TV theme for this week. And a little plug, because I don't often get to book ahead as much as I like to on the show. That's a me problem. <laughs> uh, but uh, Rich Podolsky, who wrote the book, You Are Looking Wide: the story of the NFL today during the Brent Musburger era, fantastic book. He'll be my guest next week, so be sure to check that out. And with that, we are done here.